How y'all doing? Good. I don't really have a southern accent, but y'all. Um, I trust you're glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. I know I am. Sometimes it doesn't look like it on the outside, but I really am excited to be here. Uh, it's a blessing to be here this morning. Cindy and I are thankful we got moved into our house and uh, starting to get settled. So yesterday we got quite a bit done, and so it was a blessing. Thank the Lord for His strength to carry heavy objects. Um, so John chapter 4 is where we'll be this morning. I was hesitant to be in the book of John. Pastor's doing such a great job preaching through the book. And, and, uh, but then I realized John chapter 4 is quite a while ago, and you guys probably forgot all about it. So um, we're probably safe. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, I believe this is what the Lord has for us. I was really going to be somewhere else this morning. And uh, so uh, I think there's a recurring theme that the Lord's trying to get Justin DeGarmo uh, to understand. And so because you guys are in the Sunday school class, you kind of uh, experience that. And you'll probably see how it kind of relates to some of the things that we talked about last week. And, and, uh, but the bottom line is we need to get busy about what God wants us to do. That's the bottom line. We need to put aside the distractions of the world and, and the things that oftentimes uh, do uh, hinder us from uh, the ministry and, and really make uh, the ministry in, 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 in seeking the lost uh, a priority. But John chapter 4, we're going to read in, in verse 31 down through 38. But uh, any of you guys uh, familiar with the Rorschach test? Rorschach, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. So it's commonly referred to as the ink blot test, right? You know, they got those images. I don't know nothing about it, um, uh, really. I don't, you know, but they say that, that those are supposed to be a reflection of an individual's mind or what's, what's really going on in there. I don't know the validity of it all. Uh, more than what the image represents itself, right? You know, if you tell this psychiatrist, this, uh, what do they call them, a, a shrink? You know, what I see here, and, and they or supposedly get some insight into what's into your mind. And, and, uh, but listen, this morning, oftentimes the questions or statements of Jesus posed to his disciples um, were to get them to think and to help them to understand a greater meaning or purpose than what was right there before them on the surface uh, at hand. And so uh, I think that's the case for this passage this morning. You know, verse 34 says, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. And so Jesus, and we'll read this whole passage here in its entirety uh, in a moment. I'm just kind of giving some introduction here. But um, <clears throat> this passage is a reminder uh, to the disciples of the greater purpose for, the, for Christ's coming, his life, and now the purpose of the disciples. I think it, it was a reminder. Jesus was relating some things here. Uh, not, obviously a little more profound than the inkblot test, Right? Um, I, I think Jesus understands humanity better than anyone, and, and so he can make a, a correlation with what's what's taking place and 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 really bring it down to earth. But meat that you know not of is what we're going to talk about this morning. Meat that you know not of. John chapter four and verse thirty-one. Uh, we'll begin reading there, and we'll read down through verse thirty-eight. It says this: In the meanwhile, his disciples. Uh, prayed him, saying, Master, eat. And, and actually, let me back up. We could really read this whole chapter, but, but we're not going to. And, and it's a very familiar passage here when Jesus is uh, meeting the woman at the well as he goes through 
uh, Samaria, and he, and he has that meeting with her, and the disciples have gone away uh, to get some food uh, for the Savior. He's, he's tired, he's wearied because of the journey, and uh, he's, he sits down at that well, and, uh, but the disciples have gone, and in the meantime, the woman has come, and, and Jesus has is, uh, had that discourse with her, uh, and, and sharing the gospel with her, if you will. And um, so here's where we pick it up in verse 31. The disciples are now returning, and they, see, they have seen Jesus talking to this woman. And uh, so that's kind of the, the backdrop of this, this uh, chapter here. But uh, verse 31 goes on to say, In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said to them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white, all ready to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap uh, that whereupon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this day. Lord, I do thank you, Lord, for the, the opportunity to gather together with your people this morning. And I pray, Lord, that we would make the most use of this time. Lord, that we would be attentive to your word and what you have for us this morning. And I pray that you would do a work in our midst, Lord, in Sunday school, in the morning service to follow, that you would change each one to be more like Christ, that you'd save the lost. And I pray, Lord, that you'd just uh, be high and lifted up and glorified in everything that's said and done this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So here we are, and as I mentioned, this, this uh, passage, in, in the woman at the well, and, and the disciples come, and, and Jesus says this statement, I have meat to eat that you know not of. And the disciples were taken back at that. And kind of like the inkblot test, I think he gives some insight here uh, to something that he is trying to, to teach to the disciples and really something that he wants to uh, drive home, if you will, in the disciples, the importance of being about the Father's business. And uh, uh, Cambridge Bible for schools and colleges, uh, their little commentary says this about uh, this passage, his joy at the woman's conversion prompts him to refuse food, not of course that his human uh, frame could do without it, but that in his delight he feels for the moment no want for food. Uh, Jesus was more concerned with getting the gospel out and doing what God had sent him to do uh, than any of the physical things that were taking place at that moment. Uh, Matthew Henry says this, Our master has left us an example that we may learn to do the will of God as he did with diligence, as those that make a business of it, with delight and pleasure in it. Can you say that of your life this morning? Uh, that you're delighting and pleasuring and you're diligent about what God has given you to do. And I think that's what Jesus said. And I, got, I was able to put this all, in, it all starts with ours. I like it when it works that way. Um, I'm, not, I'm not so smart. So the first one this morning, reject complacency or apathy. Verse 35 says this. <clears throat> it says, uh, excuse me, verse 34, Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. 
Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look uh, on the fields, for they are white, all ready to harvest. And uh, listen, we need to get our eyes on the right harvest, if you will. Uh, we need to, to be, have the right focus. The, the daily grind of life can cause us to become complacent or ap- apathetic in our service. Uh, the disciples had had gone away, and, they're, and they're, listen, there's nothing wrong. They needed food, and they, and they were going to do those things. And and uh, but oftentimes we can let the physical things of life distract us from the main purpose of which we are here. And and, and uh, we can become complacent. Um, I, I got a definition of that: self satisfaction. Uh, to be honest, I wasn't thinking of complacency as that. Uh, but self satisfaction. Faction, especially when accompanied by unawareness of actual dangers or deficiencies. Do we allow the, the things, the physical things of life to distract us from the dangers of those around us going to hell? We've become complacent. We're, we're really just satisfied with where we're at. Uh, we're complacent or apathetic about it. Uh, an instance of Usually unaware or uninformed satisfaction, right? You're just oblivious to the things going on around you. Whether they say ignorance is bliss, right? Here's Jesus ministering to the woman at the well, and they're, they're wanting to know why she, he's even talking to her. Who is this woman? Uh, but Jesus was focused on that which the Father had sent him to do. And, and they were concerned with the physical things, so much so that they lost sight of an opportunity to share the gospel. They, they, in you know, my estimation, when you read this account, it, it's not, they're not even cluing into the fact that Jesus might talk to somebody about salvation. Right? I mean, they've walked with the Savior. And that's, that's the whole purpose in life. And that's all he's doing. All he's always focused on is sharing uh, the gospel and meeting the needs of people. And these guys didn't even clue into that's what he was doing here. Because they were so distracted with the physical things in life. And, and apathy, want of feeling, and utter privation of passion or insensibility to pain applied to either the body or mind. And as applied to the mind, it is stoicism, a calmness of mind, listen to this, incapable of being ruffled by pleasure, pain, or passion. Incapable. And so are, are, do we get to the point in our lives where we're incapable of, of seeing the need of others around us? We're so apathetic uh, at times. And, and listen, we need to reject uh, the tendency to be that way. Uh, listen, there may not be tomorrow to share the gospel with others that we know or meet. Say not ye, there are yet four months in, in that latter, the latter part of that verse says, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Listen, there are people around us every day that are ready. They're white. They're, they're ready uh, to be reaped, if you will. Why are we not seeing? Why aren't we bringing in the sheaves? Because we're not sharing the gospel. I, I listened to a message not too long ago. Uh, Clarence Sexton was talking about, has the gospel lost its power? Has it? 
There's not a person in this room that could come and tell me that they believe the gospel's lost its power. I don't believe anybody in this room would tell me that. But why aren't we experiencing the transforming power of the gospel in the lives of the people that we're around? Because we're not sharing that gospel. It's it's not that the gospel's lost its power. It's the messenger of the gospel is failing to go. And, and, and we're apathetic, or maybe we're complacent in life, and, and we're content with where we're at. Listen, I would love to see this Sunday school room filled right now, Amen. this morning. It's not going to magically fill up. Our church is kind of tucked away in a neighborhood. There's not thousands of cars driving by going, oh, hey, there's Liberty. Let's go stop in. It's not going to happen. We're going to go out to compel them to come in. We've got to be the messengers uh, in our daily lives. Listen, Jesus was on his way to Galilee in this, right? He, he was headed somewhere else. But in the, in, in the busyness of life and in, in what he's doing, he always took the time to reach out to others. And, and listen, we can get so distracted in our lives. I don't like talking to people, especially at Walmart, But every time I walk by somebody and there was an opportunity to talk to them, I failed. Because I'm in a hurry. I need to get whatever it is from Walmart. I need some shaving cream or whatever uh, that, that is, you know, some Barbasol, right? So uh, people make fun of Barbasol, but that's the only stuff that works on my face anyway. But uh, which is funny. It's cheap. I love it. But uh, <clears throat> yeah. It works better than Edge, the gel. But anyway, you guys are getting me off track. Jesus did not allow his weariness to justify sin or failure to carry out his assigned responsibilities in serving. He was tired here. How many of us get tired? I know I do. Listen, the last couple weeks, I got back from... From Alabama, and we closed on the house Monday, and I had to clear the house the, the, that Friday. And it was, we moved a lot of junk, right? And you realize you got a lot of junk. It's not all good stuff. But, but um, I, and then we cleaned the house and got it ready for inspection. And, and then now we've been getting settled. But you get tired. And I was still going to work this week, and, and they expected me to do stuff. It was amazing. But, but listen, if we're not careful, we will allow the weariness of life to become a justification for us not living for God and sharing the gospel. Nobody would have held it against Jesus if he just took a break and she drew her water and went back to the village. Nobody would have said a thought, said anything. But he did not allow the fact that he was tired and wearied from his journey to prevent him from sharing the gospel with her. Because he was about the Father's business. That was the priority the Apostle Paul, uh, listen, the motivation of preaching and accomplishing the Father's will drove Jesus to minister. It, it was that desire to accomplish what God had given him to do that, that, that drove him. The Apostle Paul made a similar claim in 1 Corinthians 9.16. It says this, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Necessity is laid upon me, the Apostle Paul. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Listen, does your responsibility uh, to reach others drive you to carry on serving the Lord? 
each of us have a responsibility to reach other people. As believers, we do. And we won't take the time to look at all those scriptures this morning, but I promise you and I assure you this morning, you have a, a duty to share the gospel with others. To preach the gospel to every creature. To be an ambassador for Christ. That is laid upon you. But do we make excuses for not doing so? Oh, I'm tired. I just don't feel like it. Do we not study the word of God because we're wearied? Study to show thyself approved unto God. Do we put things off because it's just not that important to us? Because we are complacent, we're self-satisfied with where we're at? We have to reject that idea that we're just doing okay. That it's going to be all right. We have to reject it. Reject uh, complacency and reject apathy. And, and uh, listen, restore the priority. Verse 34 uh, says this, Jesus, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Jesus told the disciples here is the priority. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. Uh, I have meat that you know not of, and and, uh, the priority in the life of Christ was to do the will of the Father. And I'm afraid that we crowd that out in our lives as believers. And we lose track of the fact that we have that same responsibility that Christ had uh, to share the gospel with others. Uh, Lift up your eyes. The fields are wide already to harvest. There are thousands around us that are ready for us to share the gospel. Do you believe that's true? Jesus said the harvest is ready. It's there. Listen, when a farmer's fields are ready to be harvested, he doesn't delay. He doesn't put it off. He gets the the combines or whatever they use to harvest that stuff, uh, whatever uh, method they're using, they don't delay because they know if they wait, they will miss the harvest. They don't put it off. And this morning, Jesus is telling us that the harvest is ready. There's individuals around each and every one of us every day that are ready. They're ready. Waiting to be harvested. That's the Bible. The Word of God says that. They're ready. But oftentimes we don't see a harvest. We're not seeing people saved. When's the last time you led somebody to Christ? They're ready, the Word of God says. We just need to go and to do and to share. And we can reap a harvest. It's ready. It's not a, you know, I I get it. You know, we're in the last days. Uh, But the harvest is ready. There are people that still can and will be saved. They're ready, but they're not going to hear unless you preach. The gospel's hid to them that are lost, right? And so, listen, are you the secret agent Christian? I know you guys have heard that before, right? Nobody at work knows you're a Christian. Maybe people in your family don't even know you go to church. 
right? That's a shame. And that ought not be so because they're ready. And, and as hard, uh, Scott Postma, he was very uh, instrumental in my life as a young teenager. And, and he was in the Air Force. He worked on the uh, B-52s at Fairchild. Um, <clears throat> and he was an ECM mechanic, something like that. Some electronic nonsense in the B-52s. But electronic countermeasures maybe shoots flares or something out. But um, he tells a story of Jay Spafford. Jay Spafford is a man in the church at, at Faith Baptist Church in Spokane, Washington. He's six-something, uh, muscle-bound, just an intimidating person. And Scott had gotten saved, and, and they were in a truck on the flight line one night. And God said, why don't you witness to Jay? Scott was, nah, no, I I, this guy, this guy, he's got tattoos. He's rough. He, he'd probably tie me in a pretzel real quick. I, I, he was just... And that went on for a little while. And then one night, they were sitting in the truck, and the Lord was really saying, Scott, why don't you say something? Share the gospel with Jay. And he was resisting and resisting. And then all of a sudden, Jay pulls uh, out. He opens up a bag, and he pulls out a Bible. He said, hey, Scott, you ever read this? The harvest is ready. There are people yearning and seeking, and we say silent. Listen, Jay was, was gloriously saved. He's a faithful servant uh, at a church there, runs the children's ministries and stuff in a, in a church in, in Spokane, Washington. What a blessing. But listen, how many opportunities have we missed? How many people have we sat next to and, and God said, say something? Speak up. Share the gospel. And we're too afraid because we make a preconceived notion of by their appearance or whatever the situation may be that we're not going to say anything. And that person was just really on the inside begging for us to say something. The harvest is ready. People are seeking God. And some of them, they, yeah, they might not know what they're seeking. They don't know. But listen, uh, you will never know until you share the gospel with them. Uh, Restore the priority. What is the priority in our lives? Jesus says here that it was uh, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. It was to obey the Father and to do what God has for me. What is the priority? The will and the work of God. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, and then verses 14 and 15, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Verse 14 goes on to say, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And they died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. What's the priority this morning? Is the priority getting a paycheck? Paying the bills? I submit to you this morning, it's not. In eternity, none of that's going to matter. And, and, and we're all going to give an account. Last week, we talked about time management. It's kind of interesting. Uh, I, I listened to a message this week. Time management doesn't exist, so I lied to you all last week. But, but, uh, but listen, what, set the right priorities in life. 
Take advantage of the opportunities that we have to reach people. Jesus was always focused on a priority. If you can show me a verse of scripture where Jesus is distracted from fulfilling the will of the Father, I challenge you to do so. He was always focused on the priority of fulfilling what God the Father had given him to do. And he managed to take care of all the other things. And we have that same ability. Uh, But too oftentimes we get it flip-flopped and we get focused on the physical things and get distracted with those things and maybe we fit in some witnessing and some walking with God on the side. And it should be the opposite. And I know so in my own life, uh, the, the better I'm walking with God and, the, and, and when I have God first in my life, it seems like everything else is falling in place and it's a miracle. And I believe that's because God said it would work that way in Matthew chapter 6. God will take care of all of that stuff if we would just put him first and the priority of reaching the lost first. God can cover all those details That doesn't mean we walk around with our heads in the sand, but you understand what I'm saying this morning. His entire life was dedicated to accomplishing his Father's will. His entire life. He often went without physically because he was ministering to others. How many accounts can we look at where Jesus was wearied in sleep? He he needed some rest, but he didn't because he was ministering. He went without food in this account because he was ministering uh, to this woman. And yesterday, I, I said we've been moving in lately, and, and I heard the term hangry. I think Snickers had a commercial. If I, yesterday, my, if we had a, had a Snickers in the house, everyone in my family would have handed me one. Um, I was hangry, apparently. We were hanging some pictures on the wall, and women want to decorate, right? And so Cindy wants this here and that there, and oh, boy. Anyway you got to read a tape measure, and there's fractions involved. It's a mess. But uh, um, So I'm hanging these pictures, and, and after about two pictures, I'm done. Let's be honest. Let's, but, but it seems like Cindy has a lot more than two to hang up. And so <laughs> we're there, and, and all of a sudden, I realize that it's me. And then Cindy comes in the room. I said, where'd everybody go? They're trying to get away from you. <laughs> I had gotten cranky. I I was just, and and listen, we have physical needs that need to be met. I I understand that. But Christ never allowed those physical things to hinder him from ministering. When's the last time you lost, lost some sleep because you spent it in prayer? When's the last time you lost some sleep because you were studying the Word of God? Or just reading the word of God and trying to get close with God. When's the last time you went out of your way to witness to somebody and was inconvenient because that was the priority? We need to be careful that we don't allow the physical things in life to determine how we live our lives for Christ. 2 Timothy chapter 2 Verses 3 and 4 talks about being a soldier and enduring hardness. And to be honest, that's what I, I wanted to, to uh, share a lesson with you from that passage this morning, but I just didn't feel peace about it. And, and, uh, but listen, sometimes we must endure hardness as a good soldier to minister to others. It's not always easy. 
Sometimes we might have to go without. Um, I, several years ago, that we had a missions conference in the church that we were at at the time, and and uh, nobody knew, and I don't even know how I ended up hearing this story, um, but there was a certain individual in the church at the time. They had chose and made the decision to eat nothing but ramen noodles for it was I think a month up leading up to excuse me, that conference for the sole purpose of all the money that they saved, they could give to missions. I don't know if you, who likes ramen noodles, right? So the ramen noodles that you buy that are dried up in a, in a plastic sack here in the States are nothing like ramen in Japan, but um, you're, you're enduring some hardness. Yeah, pack of sodium, right? But this individual was willing to sacrifice Sustenance, real sustenance, right? There's no nutritional value really in those things. So she could be a blessing and minister to other people. How often do we do that? We get so comfortable in our lives and, and uh, listen, T-bone steaks at Longhorn and, and things like that. It just becomes the norm almost in America. How seriously and how big of a priority are we going to make the things of God in our lives? Uh, to be willing to sacrifice and endure some hardness. Uh, so, when was the last time you endured something to minister to others? I think that's a question worthy that, of each of us asking ourselves. When's the last time we put ourselves in a position that was uncomfortable to minister to others, to share the gospel? To, to study and to prepare for something, to, to be a blessing through the Word of God with, for somebody. When's the last time you did that? If ever. Right? And, and listen, we need to be willing to do that. And number three this morning, recognize the urgency. Look at verse 35. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Say not ye, there are yet four months. All those things that we said we're going to start tomorrow, we're going to start next week. Well, I missed reading my Bible through this year. Maybe when pastor asks us to do it in January, I'll pick it up. Why wait? Get in the Word of God today, right now. Uh, don't put it off, uh, those things. And, and, uh, but the urgent matter of reaching people for Christ. I think we uh, start to think that the Lord is slack. He hasn't come yet. We have time. We don't. He's just long-suffering. And and listen, listen, He's long-suffering, and He's giving us opportunity to reap a harvest if we would go and share the gospel. That's what it's all about. He's only... He's only holding off so more can be saved. Uh, he, he wants all to be saved. And, and so they're white, ready to harvest. Uh, we can't put it off. So how many farmers say, hey, we got four months to bring in this thing? I'll just sit here for, take a, take a month off, you know, and I'll start up the last three months. Any, any ranchers or farmers in here? That doesn't take place, folks. They're smarter than that. They know that, that we might have snow in October, so you can't put some things off. 
you got to make preparations every day and do stuff every day because if you don't, you're going to miss an opportunity. Listen, we need to be focused and understand the urgency of reaching people for Christ. The people that you met yesterday and had an opportunity to share the gospel with Christ could be dead today. They could be dead today. Or you could be dead today. Because we're talking about yesterday, today. There's an urgency about this matter. But we get complacent. We get apathetic and we don't think there is. There's, uh, <clears throat> listen, stop putting off what God wants you to do. We don't have four months. It's white. It's ready to harvest today. Listen, our salvation is nearer than when we believed. That's an interesting thought. I was saved as a young uh, middle school, pimple-faced boy. And my salvation is nearer than ever before today. Romans 13, 11 and 12 says this, And that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to wake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. We don't have time to goof off. The time for goofing off is gone. We have a work to do. We need to cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light and get busy about the things of God in our lives. There are lost souls around us slipping into hell every day. Do you believe that? There are people that died yesterday in Rapid City, South Dakota and went to hell. And it's possible some of us knew them. I mean, I don't have the registry of who passed away at the hospital yesterday, but listen, the reality is people are dying every day. They're slipping into eternity. While we stand by in our complacent, apathetic attitudes, not caring because we're self-satisfied with where we're at, we're okay. It's an urgent matter. Uh, people are dying and going to hell. Thousands. Time is not on our side. We may not have tomorrow to witness to that person that the Lord impressed them on us last week. They may not be there. Listen, the enemy is advancing. The devil's not taking any days off. We, uh, <clears throat> I don't know if you guys know, but there's a new national defense strategy as of 2018. Anybody know that? No? So, but uh, uh, the Goldwater-Nichols Act of 1986 mandated that the president put out a national security strategy. Or, yeah, national security strategy, which there's kind of a cascading effect of national defense strategy, national military strategy, all that kind of stuff, right? So when they talk about um, our near-peer adversaries. It names China and Russia specifically. talks about rogue states, North Korea, and all those things. Uh, China and Russia every day spend millions and millions and millions of dollars because they're frustrated that they're not number one. They don't rest. The enemy is not going to take a break. And I promise you, Satan every day is walking about seeking whom he may devour. And those people around us 
that we neglect to share the gospel with are dying and going to hell because we have said, I'll do it tomorrow. Maybe next week. I'll have another opportunity. And the enemy is just, he loves it. That we're complacent and apathetic toward the lost souls that are around us every day because it gives him an opportunity to make headway every day. Listen, we need to get our priorities straight in life. What's important? Do you care that there's lost souls around you in your workplace, in your family, at the grocery store that you buy your milk at that are dying and going to hell? God, help us to have a burden for the lost souls around us. God, help us. Because time is not our, on our side. The enemy is advancing and we must reject complacency. We have to have the, the right priority, restore the right priority, and recognize this urgency. And finally this morning, we need to rejoice in the opportunity. It is a blessing to serve the Lord. Look at verse 36. and It says, He that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. As a young person growing up, I thought there were a lot of things that would make me happy. You know, I always wanted a dirt bike, and when I got one of those, I wanted a bigger one, a faster one. You know, I mean, just there's so many things that you think I never. I remember thinking, man, I would love to have a wife and experience marriage, right? And then, oh man, let's have some kids, and now it's grandkids, right? You know, I hear great things about them. I don't, you know, it doesn't sound appealing because I remember raising my kids. So why would I want to have to do? But apparently. You, don't, you have all the fun, but none of the responsibility. That's what I hear. But, uh, you know, oftentimes we're seeking after things to make us happy. We're looking for something to find some, some excitement and some joy. And listen, I think as, as believers, as Christians, we miss it a lot of times. Because we're, again, focused on the physical things in life. Those things that, that we see other people enjoying lost people a lot of times, right? And, and I'm not saying we can't enjoy some of the physical things in life. I'm thankful for some of the things that I get to do. But, but listen, again, with, with having the right priorities, we need to remember that uh, it's a privilege and an honor to serve the Lord. And <clears throat> there are rewards and pleasures in serving the Lord. As a young person, I used to seek after all kinds of things. And, and I'll never forget, we were on a missions trip. We went to Utah um, to reach the Mormons. Um, our, uh, our youth group went down uh, to, some, I don't think, I want to say Provo it was, and it was a smaller, less known city outside of, of, of the Salt Lake area. And uh, <clears throat> I was with a, 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 another young man named David, and, and we would do devotions in the morning. And we, and we went out, and I didn't realize how much of Utah is desert, until I got, I was stationed in Nevada, and Utah's right there, and we would spend some time. But we went down. I, I, I don't think I'd been to Nevada until this point, at, at this mission trip, and we were like in this arroyo. You know, it looked like water was there at one time, maybe when dinosaurs roamed the earth or something. But it was really dry and not my kind of climate. I like trees and mountains and things. And but we went out there for some quiet time, and I'll never forget. And, and this is my life verse. And I read this verse. 
not for the first time, but for the first time when God really spoke to my heart as a young person that was seeking pleasure and, and seeking enjoyment and, and, and desiring to have everything that the world offered. And I'll never forget, I read this verse in Psalm chapter 16. It says this in verse 11, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. For the believer, joy comes from serving the Lord. Don't get distracted with all the physical things in life. Don't get distracted with all that. Uh, The joy and pleasure that comes from serving the Lord is beyond measure. I can't put into words the joy and the pleasure I have serving the Lord. There are lost souls that need Christ. And we will get distracted seeking so many things, trying to be happy, thinking it's the next thing. I'll get married. Oh, I'll have kids. Oh, I'll have grandkids. Oh, uh, a new car, a better job. Whatever those things are, we think it is. But God says it's right here. If you would just walk with me, and keep your priorities right of, of serving me and, and, and doing the will of God. There's it. There, boom. Mind blown. Drop the mic. Whatever you want to say. Problem solved, right? That's the solution. But so oftentimes we get distracted. Uh, and, and consequently we get miserable and depressed and anxious. When the reality is it's all about just walking with God. And reaching people for Christ. And you'll have pleasures forevermore. Not just in this life. I'm telling you, uh, I, I never would have imagined as a, as, as a young teenage boy the pleasure I find in walking with God. It does not make sense to the mind of a 16, 17, or 18-year-old kid. At least in my mind when I was at that age. Because I thought it was all about fast cars and cool motorcycles, and things like that, but it wasn't. It really wasn't. But listen, I'm telling you what, I know 40 and 50-year-old men that I work with that are still seeking that. They're still seeking something physically to satisfy that, and it's they're never going to find it. And listen, it's our job to tell them how to find that true happiness or pleasures forevermore in Christ, in Christ alone. But they're going to keep seeking and they're going to be rubbing shoulders with you every day until one day when you decide you're going to speak up. Hey, Jay Spafford. Yeah, I have read the Word of God. And I'm supposed to have talked to you weeks ago. Let's have a conversation. And he gets saved. You know, I, I think we're always so nervous and we're so afraid because we doubt. We don't have the faith that God is going to do what he said. The harvest is there. It's ready. And listen, if you've never won somebody to the Lord, the joy that you have when you see somebody turn to Christ and to know that you had a part in that, what, a, what an exciting thing. And, and, and you're missing out if you've never done that and if you haven't done it in a long time. Uh, listen, true joy comes with him. We need to rejoice in this opportunity we have to serve the Lord. Oftentimes we forfeit true joy and service with pleasures of sin for a season. 
or temporary happiness in this life. Regrettably, that can often be said of many folks in church today. That we forfeit God's best for some temporal thing. I know winter's barely here. It's, direct, it's not even winter on the calendar. But listen, that sin is for a season. Winter's going to come and it's going to be spring before we know it. And that sin that you think you need or that temporal happiness that you're holding on to, it's going to slip away and you're going to be miserable. But if you put God first, that will never happen. God will always meet your needs. Christ understood the true sustenance came from above. I have meat to eat that you know not of. He was more concerned with what God the Father had given him, and and he understood the true sustenance. We talk about the bread of life and those things. And and at that moment in time, I believe, have you ever been wearied and tired or or maybe thirsty and dehydrated and and maybe something happened and you kind of got reinvigorated, what do they call that, the second wind maybe? Um, I, I experienced that. We were uh, convoying in Iraq one year, and we were going, and, and I don't know, you're in hundred and stupid outside, and you can't have enough water. That's just the reality of it. But when we packed the vehicles, we definitely did not pack enough water. It was a couple-day journey, um, and we, what happened is we went to a fob, we spent the night, and we didn't restock up on water there. We just, what we originally took from, from Baghdad, when we stopped at, at uh, I think it was Fob Delta, when we had stopped there, we didn't restock the trucks with more water. Well, that second day, out toward the Iranian border, it got long and hot. And uh, we're getting ready to go across the bridge. And uh, <clears throat> we uh, get attacked. The bomb goes off right, the, the back end of our convoy, and my concern for thirst vanished. I think there was no thought of, uh, of being thirsty. It's there right now, though, but that was the last thing on my mind. My first thought was, are we going to get out of this alive? And it, I'm here. I did, by the way. Um, and, and so we, we, we pressed through, but but listen, I believe at this moment in time, Jesus had been wearied and he was tired, but he did what God wanted him to do and he was reinvigorated in that. He had got a second wind. He had the, the true sustenance from above. Listen, when you get tired, keep going. God can sustain you. And I'm not saying you can fast for the rest of your life and survive. That's not what I'm saying this morning, but but listen this morning, don't allow the physical things to prevent you from doing what God wants you to do. Make sure you keep the main thing the main thing and the number one priority of doing the Father's will in your life. Nothing to distract you. Don't settle for the world's substitute. Begin serving the Lord today to find real pleasure in His presence. That's where the pleasure is in life. Everything else is temporal. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for the, what you did in my heart through this. And I pray, Lord, that you would just help us to get a hold of this thought that, Lord, there are soldiers around us that are dying, that need Christ. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to do our part. And, Lord, that we would keep our focus 
on you. And Lord, that you would empower us and strengthen us and give us a boldness, Lord, to witness to others. And Lord, we pray that you would bring the increase. Help us to do our parts, but we pray, Lord, as you promised, you'd bring the increase and we'll give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen.